welcome to the Leisure Business Broadcast, presented by David Kilkelly. Expert interviews, top marketing tips, and the latest digital know-how for the leisure and tourism industry. Hi and welcome to the Leisure Business Broadcast. Uh, We're back after a few months off. We had an incredibly busy summer, uh, which actually was quite good because it gave a little bit of time to to reflect and think back about where we were going to go next with the podcast. And the result of that thinking is that I really like to try and include more comments and and interviews from people who are actually involved in in visitor attractions and tourism businesses in Devon uh, and less from sort of marketing experts and uh, conferences. So with that in mind, Our guest this month is Rick Turner from The Big Sheep in North Devon. And there are some great insights and stories in this episode. In particular, I talked to him about Twitter, um, about growing online audiences, and also how he managed to beat Muhammad Ali. So let's get straight into it. I'm here today then with Rick Turner, who wears a multitude of different hats and is involved in a number of different things across the tourism sector. I'm not even going to try and list them all. I'll leave that up to Rick. Um, Most prominently, though, uh, as a uh, director for the newly formed Visit Devon and um, probably also better known as the uh, director of the flock. Yeah, well, the director of the flock is is the big sheep. So uh, we've been doing that for 30 years, running a farm stroke theme park in North Devon. Uh, I also uh, run... Atlantis Adventure Park, which is a, 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 like a family entertainment centre next to the Atlantic Village Shopping Centre. Uh, and I get heavily involved in tourism. So uh, I'm now director of the Visit Devon. And uh, I was a, a commercial director of Southwest Tourism. Uh, and also I run uh, Purple Cloud Consultancy, which is a, a regional training company. So we do uh, mainly customer service training, but also uh, personal development, sales training. And we do quite a bit of uh, social media training as well. So whether that's on a one-to-one basis, but I, I also have a trainer. So I have a, a Twitter queen who, who helps me with, with Twitter. But it's just uh, lots of different tourism-related businesses. Okay, great. I mean, that's lots of fingers in lots of pies. And um, just to, to focus then on the, the last thing you mentioned, which was the, the Twitter uh, sort of account. So that, that's what we were hoping to talk about today. Now, obviously, you run a number of different Twitter accounts, um, and the big sheep included. And um, what I hope to talk about today is just some of those accounts, um, what you do with those, uh, the successes you've had with those, and, um, and where they work and how they work a little bit. I decided that a few years ago I was way too busy to do anything to do with Twitter mm. and uh, I was already doing a lot of stuff on Facebook uh, and then I was persuaded by um, one of the sort of Southwest leading twits that I should do something with it. Lots of the other, other attractions were. Uh, so I started to exper- experiment a bit. She set me up uh, an account. Uh, I've got n- numbers of accounts. We d- I do a personal account which talks about tourism. Uh, the Big Sheep has Big Sheep Day Out which is... Um, talks about the business and uh, uh, what all the events that we do at the Big Sheep. And then uh, Wooly the Sheep, our sheep character, has his own thing. So he, he discusses the woolly things and sheep things, and he tends to bleat rather than to tweet. Um, but also by having... So that's more for the kids? or uh, what's that sort a, of... it's, it's, it's probably because uh, to start with, I used to... Um, what I thought was some, some great creative uh, posts 
Uh, and then I realized that actually nobody was following me or very few people were following. Um, and there's probably the, then the frustration that, you know, hardly anyone was seeing it. So by having uh, a number of accounts, uh, I was then able to do a, a tweet and I then retweeted it uh, with my own accounts. So it just increased the number of people that were potentially going to see it. Okay, so it's kind of each account, have you tried to keep that kind of quite separate in terms of the content? Have you kind of thought about the, the, the conversation that you're having on each of those accounts? Yeah, I think one of, the, one of the sort of key things is that you have to work out what you're going to use it for and what you're going to discuss so that the people that actually follow you, and I think one of the, the other key things is probably to use lists. You can set lists up so you can actually look at the things that you're interested in um, I don't know how anyone could possibly watch a Twitter feed because it's got so much junk on it. Um, but, you know, by setting up this, so if you're talking about something specific, so like with Rick, you know, I, Rick discusses tourism. So I do tourism stats, I do tourism pictures, I do interesting tourism stories. Uh, so that tends to be, you know, the, the emphasis for that one. Uh, and also then I, I do a, a Devon food account and I run a, a generic Devon account as well uh, so that, when I was talking about general Devon things, sometimes it might be appropriate from the big sheep, but it's probably not. It might be appropriate from Rick, but it might also not be. Um, yeah, but there is then there's crossover, isn't there? Because yeah. like tourism and food are quite related, and yeah. sometimes something will sort of feed into a tourism account that also relates to a food account, and you can cross-reference those. Things. And also by doing that, you know, you go from uh, you know five thousand or ten thousand, which an individual account has, to thirty thousand or forty thousand, which all the other accounts put together add up to hmm. okay so um so just just quickly tell us uh which accounts you're sort of you're helping with or looking after at the moment because i think you said you had about eight or something uh, yeah no, i do quite a few uh so um i i run the big sheep uh which is a farm-based theme park up in north devon uh i also then run atlantis adventure park which is a another like a family entertainment center so that has its own account uh, I run a training company called Purple Cloud Consultancy, uh, which uh, uh, does sales training, custom, mainly customer service training uh, and personal development. So that obviously uh, is maybe not appropriate that I'm talking about training with other accounts. So that has its own account. Uh, we then started looking at uh, specific events. So we do uh, North Devon's biggest wedding show. Uh, so when a a theme park's talking about weddings, it's probably not appropriate. So we yeah. then have a, a wedding account. Uh, we do a, an alternative mind, body and soul festival in the spring. And again, that's pretty alternative. So we, we had a, a group of followers on that. Uh, we also run uh, Devon's most extreme Halloween event. Uh, yeah. And when we're running a family theme park, doing extreme Halloween with blood and gore and zombies sure, yeah. is probably not appropriate. So Fright Nights Devon is the, uh, the extreme account. So, so that's why I have uh, numbers of accounts. Uh, and also, if I've got time uh, when I'm walking the dog or making tea or sat on a train, um, you're able to do a small amount for a number of accounts and, and then gradually they're all building. So it's taken me probably now three years of quite a lot of time and effort uh, to build it up to a level where... Um, I'm much, much more influential. Uh, mm. You know, I'm able to do a post that I know that quite a few people are going to see. Mm. Um, so it just makes it more worthwhile. I mean, I know um, Stephen Fry got to three and a half million. And, you know, I think in the old days, it was probably easier to do it. Now it's actually quite difficult. And you need to make sure that 
uh, you've got people all over the world that want to try and follow you and there's some pretty inappropriate ones that want to try and get in on the act as well. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't do you any good to, to build up followers that are probably never going to come and visit a business. So I, mm. I do it for business. So I don't do it, I mean I do the food one because I love food, um, but the rest of it is, is going back to driving traffic and footfall. I suppose the question then um, I, the, a lot of people would, would ask is how on earth do you find the time to do all of that and to keep the, the pressure up and to keep it sort of ticking over on so many accounts? Because, you know, I mean, I run two, I think, and I, I find it quite hard to just, with all the other things I have to do in the day, to remember to kind of keep posting on both of those. Uh, I spend a lot of time walking the dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's, the time, that's the time you do it then. Yeah, I'm probably one of, the, I'm one of those zombies that are walking, looking at the phone and typing at the same time. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it keeps me entertained, actually. So, you know, that's why I like doing it. I like to, to you know, I'm quite a creative person, so I like to express my creativity. And one of my bugbears with Twitter is, uh, the poor quality of the content, so uh, poor poor pictures, poor framing, poor graphics, and poor content. You know, it's uh, you need to do something that someone else might be interested in, um, rather than just posting about your business. And I know that uh, it's the whole question about whether you do it yourself, where you're passionate about what you believe in your little um, your sector of industry or your business, or whether you pay someone else to do it, where they're going through the motions. You know, they'll mm. post information about your business, but they're never going to be as passionate how they say it um, as mm. you would yourself. Um, so I, I know that there's quite a few companies out there that, that will do it for you. Uh, and also it's the whole, uh, I suppose it's people's pride in trying to make sure that they get as many people following them as possible. You know, unless those people are actually potential customers, uh, you know, you're wasting your time. And if, yeah. if they, for us in tourism, we get a lot of people from the Midlands and from London and, you know, from the home counties and, and Devon and Cornwall. So, you know, there's a lot of potential customers yeah. uh, for us. Um, but when you're more specific, you know, dealing with, with uh, weddings and things, it's a, it's a big challenge because obviously uh, once they married, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to find another one. Whereas yeah. on, on Facebook, you know, it's just so much more targeted. I mean, we've got, uh, obviously, uh, a North Devon Wedding Show Facebook account. We, we can target promotions yeah. uh, to people that are engaged status, yeah. which is fantastic. So, yeah. um, you know, if they say they're engaged, they're a potential for a wedding show. You know, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah. Whereas on Twitter, you know, you don't have that same. So um, my, my whole question is whether, unless Twitter changes and starts to... Um, filter out a lot of the the, the background noise mm. uh, when people are seeing so much rubbish. You know whether people are going to do it. There's a lot of people that are losing interest because they're not able to get uh, definite bookings or business from from Twitter. Mm. Uh, but there there are things that it does. So uh, I think there's a lot of things they could do better. Uh, and, I, and my worry is unless they start to improve pretty quickly, then. Um, and, you know, when there's half the accounts on Twitter are no longer being used, mm. you know, if people don't use them for six months, they should close them down. Yeah. So that at least you've got people that are proactive and, and doing something which, you know, people might find interesting. Otherwise, you're following a whole lot of people that, you know, never going to ever follow anything you do. Mm. Yeah, there's tools you can get that clean up those kind of uh, those non-followers, aren't they? You can yeah, I mean, I, go through I, I use a, um, a site called uh, ManageFlitter.com. Yes, yeah, which yeah. Uh, you can then go through and you can work out the inactive people because obviously you can only get to uh, 
when you're trying to build up followers, you can only uh, follow so many people uh, as the ratio between your followers and people that follow you. Uh, so you go to Unmanaged Flitter and you can then uh, you can unfollow people that uh, don't follow you, don't follow you yeah. or inactive, or I think you can get the foreign ones. I've never quite worked out how to get rid of all the, the Americans because there's an awful lot of Americans that try and follow you. But, but do you not, I mean, is, is that not potential audience? Would you not look at that as, as, I mean, obviously you're saying, you know, you're trying to promote Devon, you're trying to promote the region. There's plenty of Americans coming over here on holiday. Or I think a little bit, think? but I just think, you know, for me, they're a bit too far out. You know, okay. you you need to sort of, at least if they're domestic, you know, within the UK, I mean, when they're in Devon, I get more excited because mm-hmm. they're going to, you know, potentially be interested in Devon food, be interested in Devon tourism and pot- potentially come to visit uh, one of my businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but when they're further further out and, and especially, I know if you do um, like a competition, we did a, a, a giveaway the other day with a, a company uh, that produces a, a really cute soft toy sheep. Uh, so uh, Jamanda Toys, I think they're called. So they wanted to, you know, use our numbers that we've got on our Twitter to to give away a toy. So they had to uh, share, like, and retweet. So we had like five hundred people, four hundred people, you know, engaged. And there was loads of new people that were following, but they're more interested in winning a sheep than ever coming to visit. So it's pretty tenuous. So if you're not careful, you just you think you're doing a fantastic job, and you've got all this potential market. What actually? You know, you're much better to try and focus on a smaller number and, and actually don't kid yourself. Yeah, and I, I I just wrote an article about that actually more regard with more with regards to uh, Facebook followers that if you've got the wrong followers actually what it's doing is damaging your presence online particularly with Facebook because it selects a small portion of the audience to show your content to. Oh, okay. So if all of your followers are in, you know, Israel or something like that, or Iraq, and then you've only got 10% of your followers in this country, then, you know, it's showing it to all of the wrong people. So it's okay. actually reducing your ability to kind of connect with the people who actually are relevant to you. So on Facebook, um, can you can you unfollow, unfriend people that you are can. outside the region? Yeah, okay. it takes a while. You've got to do it manually. Okay, I think <laughs> that drives drive me loony, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So what I suppose with regards to, I mean, you've got a number of different accounts, but um, certainly with Great Devon Days, what do you find is the content that works best there? Where are you getting the most engagement? Uh, I think with most of, uh, certainly with the, with, the, with the Devon site, it's, uh, I try and find places where I'd want to be. So I'd want to be on a beach watching a sun go down. I'd want to be surfing with a lovely wave. I'd like to be walking down beside a river um, I'd like to be looking at a sunset. I'd like to be looking at uh, a fantastic field view, you know, over some hills. Um, I'd like to be on Dartmoor or Exmoor. You know, I'd like to be in a unique village. So it's quite a visual medium, essentially. So you're, you're sharing photographs and you're... Because that's what I've noticed from most of the posts is that, that, well, at least the most engagement comes from photographs. I th- I, I, I always try and, try and include pictures if I can. So try and... Uh, mm. And it's interesting because... Uh, one of the ways I use pictures is actually I find my own business pictures on Google Images. Uh, they're all up there, mm. and uh, and if I don't have them on my camera instead of or my phone, instead of actually having to go back and try and find them in my yeah. files, you know, I go to Google Images and all my it, all my pictures from the last twenty years yeah. are all on Google Images. So that's quite interesting because you can then you know find relevant images. So try and find something that's relevant, something that's visually appealing. Uh, and certainly with the big sheep, you know, when we've got pictures of baby animals or piglets, you know, just being born and you've mm. got 
12 little piglets, you know, just suckling mum. It's, you know, fantastic engagement. Mm. So uh, animals are great. Visual views are great. Um, but just, uh, I know there was um, some images of, of some dolphins, some video of some dolphins in uh, Brixham Harbour uh, the other night that yeah. um, just, you know, it looks great. So, yeah. uh, and, and also for me, going forward, you know, video content is where, it, where it's at. You need to be looking at trying to um, provide good quality videos as well as um, stills. Uh, yeah. I mean, the current cameras, uh, phone cameras are pretty amazing. Uh, so you just need to try and be get try and get better at producing ten seconds because that's all you can get on Twitter. Uh, of, it's a minute now. It's oh, it's a minute. Is it? Yeah, it's gone up yeah. to a minute. It well, was thirty seconds for quite a while, and it's just gone up to a minute. Okay, well that's so. probably a bad thing actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I quite like the whole hundred and forty characters. Yeah, you know? the limitations <laughs> can sometimes inspire a little bit more creativity. Well, I think yeah, you have to be creative. Mm. So uh, and I and I always like things that make me smile. So uh, trying to find pictures that make me smile, trying to find. Uh, quirky, fun ways of looking at things. Mm. Um, but my depressing thing about Twitter is how few people actually do it. And there's probably, you know, a few handfuls that I know that f- I follow uh, that produce really high quality content. Uh, so, but also for me, that was the opportunity. So, uh, because it's not out there at the moment, you know, no one else is doing it. Yeah. You know, on Twitter, I can stand out big time uh, because so few other people are good at doing it. Mm. Uh, and um, it's taken three years to get to level and probably another two years, you know, to, to build up even more when you really start getting some traction. But I knew where I wanted to get to, mm. you know, I knew what I wanted to do, but I needed a lot more people watching. And the other way we do it is uh, by looking with partners as well. So, you know, looking at what other people that are already uh, have big followings on Twitter might be interested in. So obviously uh, you've got sites, tourism sites, Visit Devon, you know, has 35,000 Twitter followers uh, Devon Life's got 50,000. Uh, Devon Hour has 30,000. 30, um, so by engaging with those people, uh, and I know you've got quite a few as well, which uh, is... Uh, getting there. We've yeah. only been going for five, six months. Yeah, but, but, it's, uh, you know. yeah, but it's also, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, you deal with tourism businesses and, yeah. and you're producing high quality content. So... Um, but you know. I think I think the uh, the realisation is that you actually have to kind of construct the post. It's It's not just kind of blithering out whatever you're doing at that moment or you know it's about thinking like well here's here's a picture here are some people that I can tag who are going to be interested in this or who it's relevant to and actually thinking a little bit before you click send you know it's kind of about actually putting together something a little bit more coherent and thinking about it. But it's like uh, you know if I have a great uh, picture of a, of a walk on Dartmoor uh, and sometimes you know an individual picture doesn't you know say as much as a montage of maybe three or four uh, but if you've got a great, uh, great image, um, you know, there's the Dartmoor National Parks Authority, there's Dartmoor Magazine, yeah, there's, sure. you know, Dartmoor, Dartmoor yeah. Walks and Rides. You know, so all those people, if you tag, you, know, you can tag up to 10 people in a picture. Mm. Uh, so if you're tagging those people, then there's a good chance that, you know, they're into Dartmoor. Mm. They're going to then retweet it and steadily going from your 20,000 that you have, you know, you end up with maybe 100,000 mm. potential people seeing it. But it's also... It's the whole question about how many people see it. And that's one of my frustrations is, you know, you can try and track it. And some of the metrics that we use, you know, we have meant to have potential viewers of hundreds of thousands of people. And I really don't know. And I still don't know. Although sort of deep down underneath it, I think there is a lot of people that see it. I mean, random stuff. So uh, 
I was at a tourism conference and, and the person opposite me said, oh yeah, now I see you're doing this event and that event. I thought, how did you find out about that? And I said, oh yeah, we'll watch you on Twitter. Yeah. You know, I met the uh, perspective, he's now the MP actually for uh, North Devon. And, uh, you know, I said, hi, you know, my name, my name's Rick. I run the big sheep. He said, I know about you and I see you on Twitter. Mm. And I go, well, why haven't you been engaging? Why, you know, why didn't you like say hi, you know, I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Um, and the, the other day I was at the, a food fair and the, the lady said, uh, oh, I see you didn't have very many customers today. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, why? She said, oh, I saw the picture of Twitter of your roller coaster. And I thought, well, I took a picture before we opened in the sunshine because that was such a great day yeah. and there she was you know seeing the picture and thinking Casting we haven't got judgments. many customers but you know <laughs> yeah. someone i never met before yeah you, well, know. you forget that about the public platform sometimes that you kind of it feels like you're just tapping things into your phone but actually you are broadcasting to the world essentially so it's it's you know it's good for sort of general awareness but quite who is seeing it i have no idea yeah. um i mean under you know part of me thinks i'm spending way too long doing something which i'm not convinced is going to be around in five years time and the other part thinks I've got an opportunity to get to a large number of people uh, that are potential customers. And, uh, you know, our visitor numbers keep going up. So, And do you ever think about kind of running campaigns or sort of um, processes where you try and then move some of that audience into a different, you know, onto an email list or onto a different social yeah, we media do, yeah, we audience? Do. Or, yeah, so... Yeah. so uh, the other thing which is we've started to do and we should be maybe doing more of is, is putting links in. So we're linking to ticket purchase so that, you know, when we've got something they're interested mm. in, uh, and it's quite simple. If you go to your, uh, on your phone, if you go to the website, uh, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's like a little box, and you click the box, and that copies the link for that uh, web, web link. Mm. Uh, so whether it's a specific bit about an event that's going on, whether it's the tickets to buy for that event, uh, whether it's a bit more information about what's going on in the picture. So, for instance, the new roller coaster, um, you know, we can uh, copy the link f for the website page. So they just hit the link and they go straight to the page yeah. where it explains about how big and fast and, and exciting then of course, it is. From the other end, you track that with Google Analytics. Then we can then you, see. You know what's happening. Yeah. But but the interesting thing also is the fact that Twitter's not the top. So you know that's the other thing that worries me. Facebook is you know the the number one. Mm. You know, Twitter comes number two or number three. Uh, and you know there's still the uh, the web traffic you know so uh, making sure that you appear high on search engines and you've got links from other websites that still is the number one yeah we've actually found that video is is better on Facebook just going back to what you were saying about Twitter and video and the sort of one minute thing that actually um, and I think part of it is that at the moment, Facebook is trying to make a play against YouTube and trying to steal the video traffic. So they're, they're, they're giving a lot of advantage to video. So if you pop a video up on Facebook, it can do two or 3,000 views over a couple of days, just in organic reach. So you just reach, it just, it just goes at the moment, particularly in the tourism sector. I, I, um, I agree. I think you know, we're getting some great traction on the videos that we're putting up on Facebook. Uh, and whether it's because you can't... In you can't tag people onto a, a video on, on Twitter. Mm. Uh, but I totally agree that, you know, the, the numbers of people that are retweeting uh, videos tend to be much less. I mean, mm. uh, some of the images that we put up uh, at the Big Sheep and also, you know, the, the, on the Devon account, the Devon images, um, you know, they're getting 60 retweets and yeah. 100 likes, which is fantastic. You know, yeah. it's just we're starting to get traction. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the, the, the trajectory is only up. I mean, we did um, uh, some 
The, the other way to do it is you, you can, if you put a hashtag, you can track hashtags. Uh, and I think that's, that's probably where we ought to spend uh, a little bit more time. What tool would you use for tracking hashtags? In yeah, I was just looking it up here, actually. I just, uh, it's called uh, keyhole.co. Uh, and we did, um, the reason for setting up the, uh, the Devon site that I did was to, um, to instigate a Devon day. So the whole thing was about promoting Devon. Uh, Cornwall has a Cornwall day, so I thought, right, we're going to have a Devon day. Uh, and sat down with uh, a few of the, the Devon people that I know are really fanatic about Devon. Yeah. Uh, we came up with the 4th of June. So this year, we set up the, uh, the account to, to get some way of actually promoting the day about 18 months ago. Uh, and then just before the, the day, I thought, I'd, I thought I'd just try it on Devon hour. So um, we put out a a nice graphic and say, what do you think about doing a Devon Day? You know, we thought about doing it this weekend on the uh, Saturday, the 4th of, 4th of June or whatever it was, Friday the 4th of June. And uh, lots of people came back and said, brilliant idea, brilliant, brilliant, love it, because obviously they're all into Devon. So that was, that was probably yeah. a bit of an easy audience. And, uh, and then on the, the Thursday night, I thought, right, you know, I'll, you can, you, we also do, I do a little bit of preset tweet. So we use uh, uh, a, a a website called Sprout Social, which we have to pay for, but it works pretty well. And just, uh, you mean scheduled tweets? Scheduled just, tweets. Yeah, I don't yeah. like doing scheduled tweets because yeah. I, I, I like the creativity, spur of the moment, yeah. come up with an idea, put it out and see what reaction yeah. you get. Uh, so uh, on the Thursday night, I, I spoke to my Twitter queen, who is just amazing Twitter person. And, and I said, I'm having trouble loading these tweets for the next day. So she gave me some, some help. And I said, you know, uh, any help you can do, just uh, let me know. Um, you know, if you can, if you do stuff tomorrow morning, we're, we're trying to, you know, make a bit of a, a stir. And then I, I woke up at about quarter to eight, uh, had a quick look at my phone as I was making my tea in the morning. And uh, um, Devon Day was trending number six on Twitter. And I thought, <laughs> my God, what is going on? So uh, I had a quick look and, and this lady has, has access to my account. So the other thing to do is, is maybe give other people access to some account. So it's maybe just doesn't have to be one person. So uh, she'd been up at half past six and started sending tweets out to all these people about, you know, it's Devon Day today. What's your favourite place in Devon? You know, it's Devon Day today. You know, let us know your favourite view. It's Devon Day today. Where's the favourite place to eat? You know, wh- who's your favourite character? And, and, you know, so there's loads of stuff going on. So I thought, right, that's it. You know, we, you know I need to do something. Started now. Yeah. So, so, the, <laughs> yeah. so, so then uh, the other way to uh, what I, I like is the fact that once people follow you, you can, you can communicate with them. So uh, with direct message, so if they yeah. follow you, so uh, I put a little message together saying, you know, today's Devon Day. Uh, I know you're really good at doing t- tweeting about Devon. Please help us. Uh, and uh, so I'd sent out about 20 messages and then loads of other people started doing it. Uh, and we got to uh, number two by about nine o'clock. So we were, uh, Donald Trump was number one. Right. Uh, and we were above Muhammad Ali's death which was pretty amazing uh so we were like number two trending on twitter uh and at the end of the day we got to like eight hundred and fifty thousand people that day right so, so that was pretty good you know we organized it the night before yeah uh you know so it wasn't as if you know we'd we'd had lots of people organized so maybe in the future so you know there it is very very powerful if you can get enough people so i think it's about a network it's about working in partnerships it's about making sure that, you know, you look at how you're going to get out to more people. Mm. So when you've got 100 people following you, 
you know, unless you're going to get a whole lot of other people involved, you're probably speaking to yourself. Mm. Uh, and really, then you're wasting your time. It's a great story. And what I think it shows as well, which is kind of nice, is that actually there's a lot of um, hunger for more positive things. Because um, it is essentially like news, isn't it? It is news, you know? yeah. Um, and, you know, the press wouldn't be reporting on something like that. And yet when you look at the, the trending sort of lists, you know that it's popular. Uh, and, and even more popular maybe than something that's in the news, like Muhammad Ali or something like that. Because so. I think that's the other thing, which uh, if you're going to be using Twitter, another way of actually getting track is to, uh, if you look at the uh, magnifying glass at the top, it tells you which uh, hashtags are trending. Uh, so I know uh, today, for instance, uh, is National Dog Day. Right. Uh, so, which was trending number one. And it was just, you know, obviously people love their dogs in the UK, talking about mm. dogs. So I thought, right, you know, what we do, uh, dog trialling shows at the Big Sheep, so nice pictures of the Border Collies working. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was sort of saying, you know, Border Collies are man- magnificent. We, you know, ours do shows with, with sheep and with ducks as well, rounding up ducks. And lovely picture, you know, hashtag National Dog Day. Mm. Um, so then when people uh, look for the hashtag National Dog Day, they're more likely to see your post. Of course, yeah. So uh, that's, an, you know, another way of doing it. So either creating something which might start trending, and I know uh, that's what uh, Devon Hour does, so it's always popular. There's a lot of people in Devon that follow it. Mm. And you see the other hours, so whether it's, you know, in Devon, Torbay Hour's a successful one. Yeah. Uh, Cornwall Hour's not too bad. Ex- extra Hour does quite a bit of things. There's... Dorset hour and and then there's all sorts of random stuff from uh, there's foodie hours isn't there and there's yeah there was there's the yeah. Devon food Devon food hour, but there's yeah. there's things like you know caravan hour or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like all the caravan people get together yeah. um, but you know if you find your niche and you want to engage with others that you know that's another way of doing it mm. and you know for me to be honest I've probably got other things I prefer to be doing mm. uh, than talking about caravans yeah <laughs> the when I when I first started doing it I had a uh, it was the uh, Football World Cup, and I think it was uh, Germany against Argentina. And I put this graphic together. It was fantastic. So I had a picture of Angela Merkel looking really dour. And then there was a picture of the Brazilian, uh, the Brazilian beach volleyball team. Mm. And, uh, and the comment was, hmm, who to support, Brazil or Germany? <laughs> question mark. And uh, I thought it was brilliant. It was a great picture, fantastic, bit of fun. Nobody mm. saw it. Right. So, so that was when I started to become determined to try and make sure it was better. Mm. So another one, uh, which was a, a sort of foodie Devon one, which we did, there was a, a National Cream Tea Day, uh, which we had fantastic traction. So we probably had four or 500 businesses that were tweeting pictures of their Devon cream teas because uh, on the national scale of uh, recognised brands, I think uh, Yorkshire pudding is number one, yeah. and Devon cream teas are number two. Yeah, so, no, we had some good engagement on the day because we put up a couple of tweets about that as well. And okay. It did really well, actually. But that was, was great, yeah. you know, and obviously it helps the fact that, you know, it's Devon cream tea, cream tea rather than a Cornish cream tea, yeah. and it's the whole banter about, yeah, sure. obviously in Devon, you know, we do it properly and we put the cream on it and then we put the jam on the top. Uh, and the Cornish are horribly confused. You have to think about that for a moment. Horribly confused. <laughs> make sure I know, you the right I know. Way well, I was just imagining eating yeah. it, and it was definitely yeah, yeah. had the, the jam on the top. Um, so that was another great one. You know, we we produced some great graphics, uh, and you know, loads of people then were using those graphics, uh, and you know, lots and lots of people were you know a thinking about Devon, mm. thinking about cream cheese, and uh, I certainly I'm at, I had a cream tea at ten o'clock in the morning. I went into a restaurant. 
And, uh, just so you could get the pictures. Well, I wanted the picture. I wanted the picture. And it's like, I thought, That's God, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. It's a bit early for a cream tea. No, but I it's thought, never too early for I a cream I thought, I'll tea. just do the picture. So uh, I thought, I don't really want tea. So I had a, a, a fantastic latte in Route 2 in, in Topsham. Uh, and uh, scone just come out of the oven. And I, I put the cream and jam on it. It just looked divine. I thought, just have a bite. And I ate the whole thing. Uh, but, it, but it was also about, you know, so my, my whole angle was... Uh, is it is it ever too early to have a cream tea? Yeah. Uh, you know what about with a latte at nine or well, ten o'clock in the morning? Yeah. So, um, but it's just. I think we had a gin and tonic with ours actually. Oh, <laughs> fantastic! Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, but again, you know that was lots and lots of people saw that. Yeah. Uh, real success. So, uh, as now as a director of Visit Devon, I'm you know looking at ideas that we can uh, use to uh, to be promoting Devon. Mm. And um, what's okay? So just to kind of bring it back round to that, what, what do you think are the sort of challenges then from that point of view at the moment for 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 the sector for for tourism? I think yeah, it was just literally today the article came out actually that post Brexit could be quite a good time for tourism. You know that the exchange rates are better and people are kind of staying at home a little bit more. But but numbers have been declining over the last few few years, haven't they? So yeah, what, I think what's I, the sort of challenge? There? I think the the well, the challenge, sort of marketing challenge, is is probably uh, about changing technology. Uh, you know, it's very mm. very difficult to becoming try and, more digital, essentially. Uh, yeah, so. but you know, trying to trying to stay with it. Mm. You know, you have to be learning all the time. And you know, I'm I think I'm at the dinosaur age. <laughs> I'm just, um, you well, know, yeah, and yet you're at the cutting edge of Twitter. So, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Well, sort of. But but when I look at the young people, you know, they they've they've been brought up with computers and phones. Uh, you know, when it comes to algorithms and stuff, it just it's just not on my radar. Mm. Um, so I think uh, it's changing really, really fast. I mean, it, you know, there was a, a a few years ago we were being sold interactive websites. Uh, you know, so that it doesn't matter whether you're w- looking at it on a computer, on a desktop, or a laptop, or a uh, a, a note, notebook or whether you're looking on your phone or any size phone it looks you know the right size uh, but now you know we've now we're getting 60% of our people looking for information on a phone mm. uh, which has yeah. gone was 20% only a few years ago so suddenly uh, a mobile website is probably more key than a than a desktop w- website yeah and that's within two years. So uh, things are, are changing. You know, we we've had a, a probably this summer a hundred percent uplift in online tickets, yeah. which is just amazing. And yeah. I've just come out of a meeting now, uh, speaking to the ticketing guys about uh, tracking how you know where all those people are coming from. So, and then you know we can then go back to working out how many of them come back from the ticketing links on Twitter, how many come back from Facebook, how many coming back from uh, websites. Uh, and also, you know, the technology about working out where they stop buying. You know, he was saying saying to me that only twelve percent of people that click buy tickets actually complete. Yeah, um, so the shopping cart abandonment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so we've, you know, it's just so different from. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not that old, and yet I remember doing my first posters with with Letraset. Yeah, you know, it took me like you, you two can days. You set your uh, CRM systems to basically follow once they've put their email address in to follow up that abandonment with you an can email. do. So yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. You know, you uh, which is what we were discussing today. So yeah. um, you know, you, you've got hot leads. Yeah. Uh, the, he, he did say that quite a large number of them booked the following day or later that day. Yeah. Um, so uh, and for us, you know, we don't put our plot prices on our our leaflets. So people are often going to buy tickets to check the prices. So mm. uh, that may be. Um, but you know, he, he was saying his twelve percent is actually higher than the, the average. I thought that was terrible, but right. um, yeah. So, uh, so technology as well. I mean, I, you know, I think 
the challenges are uh, now people have fantastic cameras on their phones. Uh, they've got video, you know, do live live streaming, uh, which, and again, uh, the problem is, you know, people if people are not trained to to be able to take pictures and they're live streaming rubbish, you've got a whole load of rubbish. Mm. Uh, so. Um, quite how you filter out the rubbish, and I yeah. think that's a you know technology issue. But there's billions of photographs that are just trashy on yeah. Facebook and Twitter and everything else. Um, so it's about bringing all that together, really, isn't it, to something coherent? So it's filtering out the, the you know bringing the the good stuff together. But you have to be good at that. You know, yeah. you, you can't rely on others to do it for you. I mean, there are others, people like yourself, that produce fantastic videos, um, but you need to be able to look at, you know, what makes a good picture. Mm. Uh, we can't, you know, can't rely on David turning up, you know, to suddenly see something. Yeah. You know, you're too, you know, you're too, too far to travel. You need yeah. to be looking at it yourself. And you need to be looking at how you, you know, change colours. You need to look at your framing. Because it, it, it amuses me massively, the number of people on Twitter that uh, show a picture of a midriff. Yeah. You know, they lose the head and they lose the feet because yeah. the, the, the 16 to 9, which is the ratio size for Twitter, you know, they haven't adjusted the image. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, they need to be thinking about that because otherwise you're advertising, you know, instead of advertising a fantastic picture of a customer uh, enjoying a product, you know, all you're doing is advertising a midriff and the product might not even be in the picture. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we all need to be better. So whether, you know, they're going to be starting to teach people more I mean you know graphics and, and photography has never been more important I mean it's just you know we used to rely on uh, fantastic photographers coming in taking the pictures you know now you know I'm always looking at you know CVs and if anyone says that they do video or photography I think fantastic you know mm. we can use them and you know you can adjust it and change it and uh, crop it to try and make it look good um, I think also uh, with with mobile phones, you've got mobile review sites. Yeah. So people are very, very quick to judge straight onto TripAdvisor. You know, they'll, and this is why everybody should have a Twitter account because uh, if people want to communicate with you, and it might be communicating with EasyJet about a flight disaster, mm. you know, or a product in a restaurant that, you know, you need to be able to know that. So you need to have that communication channel. And if people can't find you, but if people can't find you on Twitter, so if you don't have a Twitter account for your business, um, they're not going to be able to send you that message. They might not try and do an email, but they've got their phone, uh, and they use Twitter for that purpose. They'll tell you when they had a great experience, but also they'll, you know, it's it's a a review form for poor experience as well. So uh, lots of reviewing going on. Uh, The the challenge also is trying to find the target market as well. Um, You know, you've got a large number of people, and there's lots of, you know uninterested people that might be trying to follow you so if you're not careful you think you're doing a great job but actually you might be talking to a very small selection of your market Uh, and again that's why Facebook with the targeting is powerful. Do you think there's a sort of perception issue with Devon that it's kind of still an old place a place for kind of old people to come and retire or that it's an old person's holiday or Uh, I think I think think we're getting I think we're getting there I think uh, you know there's some great accommodation you know we've got more uh, Michelin star restaurants in Devon than uh, in Cornwall (laughs) <laughs> for instance uh, which is you not know, so many surfers though uh, probably North Devon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it, you know the North Devon surfing is uh, you know if you go up to um, the thatch at Croyd you know the surf culture up there is just fantastic for people um, and they've got some great accommodations some surf pods you know it, we're getting there I think uh, we need to make sure the expectations are higher all the time you know people want decent coffee they want nice accommodation um, 
and we need to make sure that we're matching those expectations. Uh, so I, th- I think it is getting um, it is getting better. I think you know large numbers of the big traditional hotels and, and uh, holiday parks with caravans stacked one against the other. You know they're going. Uh, you know the modern ones, people like uh, Ladron Bay, Cofton Holidays, uh, Hazelwood Park, Willacombe Bay is up in, in North Devon. They've got four holiday parks. Uh, John Fowler's, you know, they, they, they invest a lot of money in their accommodation. You know, it's really high quality uh, and that's what people want, you know. So um, we need to invest, you know, as an attraction. We're continually putting money in, um, trying to stay with the technology. I mean, the other, the other issue we have is, you know, we don't have super fast broadband. You know, we, we often haven't got phone reception. We often haven't got Wi-Fi reception. Um, you know, we've just put up a, a, a whole new system within the big sheep to... Uh, enable you know with boosters all around the site to get to get Wi-Fi. So when people are wanting reviews, they're wanting to to check things out. And now we've got this system where uh, we've got like hotspots of customers. So if they've got the phone on w- with the Wi-Fi, we're tracking them around the site. So we know exactly where they're walking and where they're spending the time, which right. is just amazing yeah, stuff. But it's just so you know all the time for me, we want to be right on the edge, on yeah. the cutting edge. You know, we're always trying to find the next thing and. You know, obviously, talking to people like yourselves, it does does help because you know y- you do a lot of research and and you're you're pretty well there with the technology. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of it, like you say, and it does move quickly, so it's uh, it does, <laughs> it's, it's it does give, trying to stay on, yeah, figure out what works and what doesn't work. It does give me a bit of brain strain, I have to yeah. say, and it's um, but you know, we I also employ lots of bright young things yeah. that you know they that's what they do. Uh, one of them does Twitter, uh, one of them does Facebook. I tend to do Twitter. Uh, and one of them does a website and um, you know they know more about that stuff than I'm ever going to know yeah sure okay great so uh, heaps and heaps of stuff to think about Um, thank you very much for coming along and I suppose it just remains for me to say thank you very much Rick Turner absolute pleasure Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was a great interview. I hardly even had to edit that. I just kept it going because it was packed full of great stuff. Remember, if you want to catch more episodes of the Leisure Business Broadcast, then you need to subscribe. So get on over to shoutdevon.biz, get onto the podcast page there, put your email address in, and we'll send you new episodes when we make them. Thanks very much for listening. My name is David Kilkelly. See you next time. Listener.